Well, it's cool having Mel and Paul as part of the team tonight. So um, it's cool. And we're going to look at Romans 12, 6. So that's where we're going to start. And then we'll just see where we go um, from there. But just as a quick recap, um, who wants to share what you've learned so far from Romans 12, 1 to 5 in relation to the gifts? What are some of the insights that you've heard that you've been captivated by in relation to the gifts and the seriousness of what's been spoken so far? Okay. I think it's again it's nothing that we haven't heard before but the seriousness of how it needs to be founded on him first and foremost before we go forward and you know that first session we're unpacking that where it's like we can be like oh we've been here before but actually that's the place we should never leave and I, I love that picture because it's not building out from that it's building up from that um, and everything needs and like you preached this morning Greg it's like everything needs to come from being and knowing him and from that these operate the way they were supposed to operate not anything outside of him so I again it's something we we talk about all the time but it's something we should never leave from um, and it's because it's all about him and these are to lead back to him so if we separate it from him then we've missed it thank you Anyone on this side of the room? Yep. Um, just from last week, I just heard what is the will of God. And his will is to be built in the image of his son. <laughs> One more. That it's only through revelation that we can we can receive anything from him. Cool. Alrighty. Um, so we're gonna look at I'm just gonna read verse six out and then I'm gonna ask these guys what they received during the week about verse six. It says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, which is just one of the gifts, according to the proportion of his faith. I want to start with Paul if I can. I want you to start with someone else. <laughs> the, the thing that grasped, grabbed me the most out of this as I was looking and just meditating on it, and I, Greg sent the, a text out, and I was from here to here, and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to get all of that. But I didn't get past verse 6. And as I kept thinking about it, it's actually, it seems to me, it's not actually about the gifts at all and on all my time as walking with the Lord having heard messages or heard references to the gifts of the Spirit the gifts given of the Holy Spirit and the fivefold and then there's these um, ministry gifts and the serving gifts the focus was always on the gifts in fact, there's nowhere I can think of that let me know if there is that actually ex- expands or teaches on each of the gifts and tells you what the gift of prophecy is and the gift of serving is and all that. But they were expressions of something greater. So the whole um, series or, or 
verses that are there that are talking about the gifts are actually talking about one body. And it became apparent to me that, uh, and I love that, I heard Greg say it, and often as it is when, when an apostolic word comes out, you're thinking, I know I'm supposed to know what that is, <laughs> but I, I'm not sure I've actually heard that. And then go back, and when you hear that we're members one of another, very, very nice scriptural sort of thing to have said or heard, but then to realise what he's actually saying, and that where there's a gift of prophecy sitting in someone's life, you, you and me are connected. And if you don't bring what is a grace gift that's given to you, so it's not of you, it's of God. It's given by the Holy Spirit to a portion that is in you. You don't have to try and function outside of that. You don't have to pretend to be something more. You don't have to try harder to be something more. I know what that looks like. And it's not that great. <laughs> but when I see it for what it is as part of a body, you know, it's it's like it's like the foot trying to take off without the knee functioning. And so I suddenly realised that what I am is or what is in me is a grace gift that's given of the Holy Spirit. It's not sitting in isolation. It's actually like I said, like the elbow connected to the shoulder. I need you. And sorry, pal, you need me. <laughs> so this was something that was just stirring in me as I was as I was reading and meditating on this. It's interesting, like example, that that we are members of one another. We need one another because I think the title of this in the NASB, the title overall is is dedicated service. Um, and sometimes these titles are a bit funny, but sometimes they're like really spot on. I think you know, <laughs> like, um, and I think there's a big difference between de- dedicated service and self service. You know, um, that we live in a world, you know, like that we've been through my economic study. One of the like the greatest issues that people are coming across at the moment is that where people used to work in roles, they've now been replaced by self-service machines, you know? So you go to Countdown and you don't even have to talk with anyone. You just grab your groceries off the shelf, give it a little buzz through the machine, swipe your <laughs> card. You don't even have to pay cash anymore. You just do PayWave and you, you completely serve yourself and you can function by yourself. There's no need for one another, yeah. you know? And I think... Like sometimes these things that are going on in the world are, I'd say, a reflection of actually what's going on in in the church, and the church is a is a reflection of the world in more ways that that we know, you know. And so this is I say it's not self service. This is dedicated service. This is that we're dedicated to one another in love, and that through that togetherness and that connectedness there's a role that we play in one another's lives um, that enrich each other and build each other up into the, the fullness of Christ so um, I keep going on to the verse um, oh, does anyone else want anything on that? No. <laughs> um, one thing for me I thought that was really interesting about this verse in, in, in verse 6 you know it says um, if prophet uh, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to according to the proportion of his faith, and it was that part that grabbed me, um, according to the proportion of his faith, you know. And and why is it that he's not saying, guys, come on, get out there, prophesy, give it a go? Like the more prophecy, the merrier, you know. Like give, you know, he's saying, prophesy according to the measure of faith that you have. Why? And I think because the ultimate thing here that we're talking about is faith, that the people that are prophesying, and not just prophesying, that are operating in any of these gifts, have to have divine vision and divine sight for what it is that God is actually building so that their words are aligned to actually fulfill that purpose. You know, there's there's been... 
many, many prophets that I've heard over the years, some that have even come to the rock, and sometimes you're left thinking like that they'll prophesy something that might not necessarily even be wrong. They might have read someone's mail and it might be an incredible word, but they're encouraging someone to make the primary pursuit of their life like being a, a music leader or being a missionary or be, and so it's now while those words might be even accurate to me this thing here is really key according to the proportion of his faith that you would function in your gift according to the sight that you have for what God's ultimate purpose is so that your gifts become your gifts serve the body and encourage one another to their ultimate end as opposed to, um, um, I don't know, just your own thing. Exactly, exactly. So, I love that word according. Like everything God does is according to something. His design. You see, nothing operates out of or is not to operate outside of something that already is. So, you know, there are, it is already written and it is already spoken. Hence, our faith needs to be in an alignment to what already is written and spoken. Otherwise, you have no faith. So faith is in accordance to what already is finished. That's profound. Okay. So faith isn't just willfully nearly, I hope God. It's associated with what I said the other week, a foundation. And the foundation is in God's conclusions, what already is. Because before the foundations of the earth, God finished his entire work. It's just in an invisible realm that we can't yet see that God wants to bring us into in our innermost being. So everything he does is accordingly to him. Step outside of that and you get in trouble. And that's how you get people teaching stuff outside of him, saying stuff that's not him but our version of him. And so we must grasp this, as Sam's saying, with the gifts because there is a grace-given power to operate with your gift. So it's not you and your strength. It's not you and your capacity to shift this thing. Everything God gives for his will and his work. We don't have to come up with anything. We just have to see what already is and receive it all and live from that place. That's where true rest is. See, I'm not trying to change you from what I said this morning. I'm hoping you can hear what was declared and the word will do the work. So in the grace gift on my life as an apostolic grace gift with power, I live in rest and I proclaim that and then I go have a nice sleep. Or I watch the cricket like I did this afternoon and I go, I've done my part. It's no longer on me to do what you're going to do, God. It's on you because you're the builder of the church. So I then sit back because I've operated in accordance to the proportion of the revelation I carry and I've articulated that to the best I could and I'm coming into articulating it even better and then I just go sleep. It's beautiful. While God hopefully goes to work in your heart and minds. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Now we all have, according to this, which is true, a gift or gifts for the building up and the edification of one another. So it is vital that every one of us knows the gift or the gifts, spiritual gifts, not physical gifts, spiritual gifts that we all have maybe locked away that we haven't even considered because we just live in the natural. Someone who operates the cafe machine might have an office gift of an evangelist. But do they know that? Are they living in that? Is that building and serving the body first? 
to know. You see, we have to be in fellowship to discover the gift or the gifts that God has given us because there is a purpose for why he's given it to us. And like this morning, the challenges for us is we need to know the why behind it all so we don't serve ourselves now with the gift, which we can do, hence 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. It's fully possible to know your gift, operate in power because there's grace given to it, and completely walk out of an alignment to the Father. So there's the other tension of this, to not know the gift, to discover the gift, but then serve yourself with the gift. And the body goes without. And so he's telling us here, since we have gifts, okay, God has given everything pertaining to life for the building of the body of Christ. They differ according to the grace given to us. That's why you never covet someone else. I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to be... Why? What is the root that causes that mindset? Self. Insecurity. Fear. Pride. Not feeling whatever. Jealousy. Bitterness. Self. Hence it's got to be ripped out, eh? Otherwise you spend more time coveting someone else than actually discovering the gift on your life and exercising it accordingly to the grace. Yeah, just, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depends how you want to look at it, <laughs> I know that. I know that only too well. From the moment I gave a heart to the Lord, and, and my wife knows it too well too, unfortunately, in me, I mean, this, oh, I want to serve you, Lord, so I'll do everything. Because what, what, I hear the this whole... Uh, um, word or talk about you know the gift of God so you go on courses what's your ministry gift tick all the boxes you know one, the one thing I never really heard and I can't say that I know it was actually taught draw near to him the focus was on the gifts I, look man I've tried it I've, you'll laugh at this one worship leader <laughs> leading singing Playing a guitar, three chords. Don't try F, just fake it. Take your hand off the strings. <laughs> oh, we're back to D again. I can do that one. <laughs> you know, thank goodness there was another guitarist so I can copy him. What, what was that about? Now God knows, you know, talks uh, and talks about um, in the word about they being zealous for Him, but not to know Him. And so trying everything, every gift, because the focus was on other people seeing what they had and oh, I want that. I'll try and do that. I'll try and do that. Why don't I just draw aside and say, Father, the more I know you, what is gifted and given within me will become evident. So don't focus on trying to be this or that. Keep my eyes fixed on him. Let him go to work on my heart. Let me look in the mirror first. Which is why faith is so important. Now I'm going to just say this again because we have to capture what faith is and what it's not. So faith is the assurance of what you hope for, the conviction of the unseen, which means faith is able to see God know God, understand God, understand how he does everything. So faith is knowledge. It's a knowledge. I have faith. I have knowledge. The reason why Abraham is able to give the son the gift back is because he has faith, knowledge. Knowledge, faith, enables accuracy to the design. Faith is not, and I only say this because I keep hearing what faith isn't. I keep hearing what belief isn't. Okay? So hence Paul's saying, keep saying the same thing, keep saying the same, remind people what faith and what belief is. Belief in God is being fully convinced of what you're looking at. 
Abraham was fully convinced because he had faith, so hence he laid his son down, true worship. He gave what God gave to him, he gave it back, so God could define how the gift the son would outwork himself. Can you hear what I'm saying? So the son was not entangled in Abraham's heart because he had faith in his heart. He saw, he knew, he acted. He was free and walked in alignment to the way God builds. So we must be in this place. Otherwise, what Paul is saying will happen. It does happen. The lack of faith means we're not walking in accuracy to the gifts, which means the body's going to suffer. Because we don't know how to apply the gifts. So we either don't or we apply it to ourselves. Hence you can do all this stuff and give your life as a burnt offering and it profits you nothing. 1 Corinthians 13.3 That would be disastrous, wouldn't it? Do you know why? Because Matthew 10.38 says, Unless you give your life for my sake... You will not find the life that I bring. So it's fully possible to give your life as an offering, call it worship, for you. Because what you want to get. So then you define it all because, as I said this morning, the root of self is still your inner driver. So self determines how the gift will be operated and you build your life upon the gift, which is supposed to be building God's house. So I look at God's house and I see still a broken down house. Why do you think that is? It's multifaceted, the reason behind that. But a big reason is because we don't understand because self is still a driver and we're looking for feeding ourselves with it. But the gift was not given for you and I. It was given for the building of the house. A family that has its name from above that reflects the father of the family. And so with the gifts that gracing is upon, we are exercising them according to our faith. If you have no faith or lack faith, which is knowledge, you'll do your own thing. Anyone want to ask a question in relation to what I just said? There's a few... People look at me, your brains I know are hurting. Yep. Can I just make a comment? Um, when I look at this verse, I, I guess in my Christian world, I've always known that grace is Jesus. So grace is a person. Whenever I see the, the comment about grace and God's grace, I instantly relate it back to Jesus. So that sort of helps you see in, in a, a type of perspective, we, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So according to the amount of Jesus given to each of us is how I would try and um, sort of see that. Does that fit in with your perspective? <coughs> yes and no. Um. If that is fully accurate, then I think, so it's like, I would put it this way, on the revelation of Jesus, I build my house. Okay? So on the revelation, grace is Jesus, I build my house. So Jesus in us is the hope of glory. The more Jesus is in me, the more I have knowledge, because I have a knowledge of Jesus, which means I walk in an alignment to the knowledge I have, Jesus Christ. So ultimately, there's only one reality, and his name is Jesus Christ in the church. If that is happening within us and growing in us, then we will walk in an alignment to what I'm saying. So yes, but it's also understanding that joy and love and peace are all Jesus, along with wisdom is Jesus, the truth is Jesus. The way is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. And that's why God is one. But he gives power, who is Jesus, to build the church. 
that you would exercise in your gift because you have Jesus in you. So if all that is true, then the house would be different. It is true, but we obviously don't know Jesus. Vehicle? Because if we had grace, who was Jesus, and Jesus is growing at us, we would look according to the pattern. And we would operate according to the pattern. So, yes, at its end point, all I need is Jesus. I hope you can hear <laughs> in the spirit what was just said. Because I know it sounds quite gobbledygook in English. But in the spirit, it's the truth, who is Jesus, makes you free. If you know Jesus and are knowing Jesus, you know love. Which means you're perfected in love and you have knowledge, you have faith. And so you live from faith, which is a knowledge of everything God does. Which enables you to walk in righteousness and accuracy to truth. Who is Jesus? Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> <Mel>. <laughs> what? I don't know. If, I, I hope that helps. Um, Answer your question, Russell. <laughs> Anybody want to keep going on this? I'm no idea. I think, like it says, um, since we have gift, gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Each of them is to exercise them accordingly, you know. So um, there's, so there's what we see. I, I, I feel is that there's a there's a grace given to us, um, and each uh, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Um, so I, I feel like there's some like if if grace is Jesus, so I say like grace is is God's power that operates within us there should be an expression that we see because of a work that he's done within us that will have us not just it will have us flowing in, in the gifts but it will have us living a Christ-like life and because we're all of a sudden we've gone from living for ourselves and for our own lives and for our own careers to living for him and his purpose there's there's a natural expression when we plug into a body and invest ourselves into a family that all of a sudden that grace which we've we've all received if we're in him then takes it can take a unique expression but it's from the same life that we are all to be in does does that make sense so now the beauty of all, all this is no matter how well we articulate the holy spirit actually has to bring revelation and teach uh, each one of us and you know, I, I, I kept reading this and I kept going over the, the words and looking at um, uh, um, gifts and grace, um, charisma and caress, the two different words, and thinking, okay, well, we can get that all technically right. It doesn't matter if you actually get it technically right if the Holy Spirit doesn't actually bring it alive, so it's a living word within. And uh, n when I looked at the word grace, it talks about the divine influence in you. And depending on where you want to put a, a semicolon in the sentence, that according to the, the gift, the free gift that's given to you, so straight away it's not you, it's not a natural gift, it's a gift given of the Holy Spirit. And, a core, and um, by the grace, the divine influence that's actually at work within you accordingly, which means now let's just break this down and say the gift that's given to you the divine influence that it is working within you. By the measure of that, let us now look at what you're going to do according to the faith that's at work within you. So part of my problem was I wanted to race off outside of the grace that was given to me because I was busy trying to do this instead of actually drawing aside to recognize that it's the Holy Spirit that's at work within me and to walk according to the faith that I've received. If I actually had received any, or was just running off this, instead of actually surrendering to have sight, to hear from him. So I think, you know, there's this, 
the need to actually um, understand that, that you know that what the gift is that's that's given of the Holy Spirit is not natural, and it's the divine influence that's at work within you. Don't try and get outside of the measure of what He's doing in you. And, and I just sense I need to say this too is to just make sure that it keeps coming back to Him, yeah. meaning you don't split Him up yeah. into parts, yeah. because at the end of the day, it is just Christ being formed within us, okay. Because he is the power. You know, go to the upper room and wait for the promise of power. Well, who comes upon them? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power. He has the power within him. But Jesus is the power of God, it says in 1 Corinthians. So what this does, when the mind tries to understand this stuff, you get confused. And it's intentionally set up this way to confuse the mind because that's not the way into life. So the Spirit in you has to hear the spiritual words and thoughts and have it revealed in your spirit. And then the spirit of in you will renew your mind. So it never starts here. It always starts, understanding is in the spirit, the heart. And then the spirit of God reveals, renews your carnal mind and gives you his mind. We're all of it makes sense because we did not contradict each other just then. <clears throat> we just said one thing. And that's where we need to land the plane because it's the truth, Jesus, who makes us free. Um, I want to ask us a question, and it's in relating to this gift, prophecy. If someone said to you, what is prophecy? Okay. Since we have the gift that differ according to the grace, influence, the divine power to us, each of us to exercise them accordingly, to, accordingly, if prophecy, according to the proportion of faith. Now, as you read the entire Bible, you'll see it says prophecy is a gift to operate in. Out of all of them, I long that everyone would prophesy. Okay, So... What would you say, and I want to put this to you guys, if someone says to you, hey, I read this thing and it said there's this thing called prophecy. What is it? What would your answer be? I think it's speaking out the word of God. Speaking out the word of God. Yeah. Anyone want to add to that? Seeing as God sees. Yep. Because you can't speak out if you can't see it. The declaration of a rhema and the logos word. Cool. The declaration of the future. Great. Yep. That can be lived now. Yep. It's good. These are all good answers. Anyone else want to keep adding to it? It's declaring the unseen. Yep. So it's it's seeing what's in the unseen and then speaking forth. Yep. So the purpose for it. Yep, encourages and it makes us aware, doesn't it? So it makes us aware of everything that's contained in God. Macro, micro, micro, macro. And so where would you say prophecy... Um, what's the right question? Um, would you say macro prophecy is to, is to be first and micro is second? Or would you say micro prophecy is first and macro is second? What I mean by that is micro-prophecy is, Rodney, I see you and Kirsten going to live in Cambodia in two years' time, and this is what you're going to be doing. Macro-prophecy... <laughs> <laughs> Macro-prophecy would be, 
the church is called to overcome so it can reign with Christ and sit next to him with him on his throne. Which one's one and which one's two? Because they're both important and they're both in the play. Okay, so macros first. Right. So then the micro aligns to the macro. Because at the end of the day, it's all building into an end goal, which is the same for each and every one of us. Okay, so how much teaching have you heard either here or in other fellowships you've been part of where you've heard the macro prophetic word spoken over more micro? Just in your Christianity, like... Would you say you are more familiar with micro or macro? Micro. Right. So as his sons and as his disciples, as we will look at as we go, it says that God and Paul urges the church that everyone would prophesy. Which isn't like, okay, I know only the prophets talk about the macro purpose of God. No. We're all called to know the macro purpose of God, called the will of God, and then to be a voice piece for it, because that's going to define our lives on earth. So it's the eternal reality, spoken of, received, and then lived from, which is number one. And number two, can be, as a part of that, is, I mean, when Danny got, Steve gave Danny that word, that Danny was wrestling with going to Cambodia. Danny, not my, not this Danny, Danny Langstrup. And um, he said, I see you teaching brown people. And that was just an absolute word for him that he knew. And he did. He taught brown people in Cambodia. It was cool. <laughs> They're very brown in Cambodia. Um, and so there was this cool, you know, that confirmed it for Danny. And that was cool. So that's a micro prophecy but generally in my experience it's like many people know a lot about that or go after that but then when it comes to this macro reality and understanding these promises that are already written and already spoken because that's where our faith and this is the connection between faith and prophecy to the measure of your faith, your knowledge of what exists and what's already written or spoken is to the measure that you prophesy. So you can't and you're not to go outside the jurisdiction of your revelation. But you need revelation to know what's in here. And this is where it goes hand in hand because our faith can increase, can't it? So the knowledge of God in the unseen realm that we can see and partake of and then eat and drink and then speak of can increase. Through what, Rodney? As he said, revelation. Only revelation. Not my ability to study through my mind the scriptures to come up with knowledge. That will be a counterfeit, a false knowledge, even though it can be technically correct, it won't have power or life on it. It's void of life because it didn't come through revelation. So the reason he's saying that you prophesy in proportion to your revelation because it's a safeguard for you. It's a safeguard for those that are hearing you and I don't get misrepresented by the very people who are representing me called the church. What a divine plan. And I think this is so, to me this is so important because like it, it starts to redefine what prophecy is and what it is and how it functions. You know, it says that it's the testimony of Jesus that's the spirit of prophecy. So, all of a sudden, seeing like this prophe- prophecy starts to to go more, to, to go more from being a, a, a paid preacher who lives overseas that gets flowing in that gives an individual word to the lady in red who's sitting three rows from the back, and you know. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's that's that's a function of of prophecy. Sorry, I wasn't talking about you, uh, Kristen. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so, and this is 
And in, in everything that we're, we're talking about, you know, when we're, to, we're talking about redefining it in a healthy way. So we're not trying to say that that's not appropriate. We're saying that prophecy is much bigger than just that. Um, and I think all of a sudden prophecy, if it really is what you guys have been talking about, if it really is seeing in the unseen realm and proclaiming, if, if it really is, you know, it says, um, that the testimony is um, the spirit of, Je- uh, what is it? Um, testimony of Jesus as the spirit of prophecy, all of a sudden uh, a message that comes from um, a, a word that's been formed in someone and, and proclaimed on a Sunday morning can be prophetic because it's speaking the realities of heaven into the earth and the ears of, you know, the, of those spiritual ears and eyes of those who hear it, all of a sudden hear a word that's testimony, that's powerful, that brings life and it's a and that, to me, is a is a prophetic word as much as an an individual word. So, it's when you start to see prophecy like that, all of a sudden everything is available to you. And I think it goes from being this one word for one person, which blesses a person, which is right, to all of a sudden this book, which is full of prophecy through and through, inside and out. It's all for you. Um, and it's and it's proclaiming what is available in him, and so I think it, it takes on a whole new meaning, eh? Um, that it's bigger than just a, a one-off kind of um, event, but it, it, it's much yeah, it's much more than that. Mel, do you want to add anything? You don't have to. Uh, probably just. Yeah, to to reiterate the the how important it is that our, even the our our own identity as individuals actually emerges when we're found in the body, and um, I you know when I first read the this verse about having then gifts different uh, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Um, it, you know, it reminded me of when I received Christ, I received His body. And so it was receiving him, but there was this absolute hunger and urge to find his body, and um, you know, and 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 even being plugged into his body in another country at the time. Um, that that for me was the fir- it was the first step really. Um, it wasn't it wasn't about finding what to do. It was about man. I need to to discover more of this person I've just encountered and and met. And uh, there is more to him that is only found in his body that I'll never come to know or uh, find out even who I am um, in him in this new life. It's this new territory I'm you know I've just entered into. Um, and but but. It was only when I came to the rock and hearing hearing more the macro, I guess I found that that my identity in Christ was emerging, and I actually found uh, as I was amongst the body that uh, giftings or, or whatever the graces are, I just found myself doing, um, and the, when I say doing, it's a doing from a being just in, in presence, you know, and and I, and I remember having conversations with Kurt quite often about, or with other people about gifts, and um, you know, and it was sort of like, well, what can Mel do? <laughs> you know, like, what does she do? But it was, I, I knew that was never, uh, it's not something offering that you can do, but it's it's the the presence, it's a, it's a, um, for instance, like a strengthening, it's like an internal strengthening, like you know, of of a body, like to encourage or to exhort or to whatever. It's a, it's um, not found in a specific task as such, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cooperating with the spirit who you know gives us the gifts to cooperate with what God is doing and establishing in all of us. Um, but but that only becomes uh, clear to the individual, I believe, uh, when we are uh, seeing the macro and when we want to participate, knowing that to love Jesus is to love his body, to know Jesus to, is to care for his body and to absolutely make uh, the caring and the nurturing of the body by using the gifts that have been given uh, for that purpose. Um, because, and I mean, 
absolute first place priority, forefront of your mind, centre of your heart. That's what I mean. Like, not just, oh, I should really attend tonight and be there and be present. I mean, it's waking up in the morning with the sense of Christ calling you to go love on on whoever he lays on your heart for the day. You know, it's it's prior, like almost ordering our days according to the to what is in us that God is doing and revealing um, and cooperating with that, knowing that it's it's uh, causing us to focus in and and co- yeah co- cooperate with what He's doing. Um, so yeah, just back to that question of like even you know how how do the gifts emerge? Or but I think that's that pursuing love, just pursuing Christ. It 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 He tells us He it becomes very clear and it and through His Word, but but it's in the inside of knowing. <laughs> You know that he he gives us this this hunger to um, explore everything that is connected to him, everything that is about him, and uh, his body is top top of the list. If you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. Which is what you know. One Corinthians fourteen once says, "Pursue love and earnestly desire gifts, especially the gift of prophecy." But see, there's a divine order, and sometimes well, I've, we can go well. I've got Christ. So I don't need to pursue him anymore. So I'm going after the gift. And and the challenge with that is, like we've talked about, you can get entangled. It's it's like you know when someone gives you a gift. If, if you don't know how to use a golf club, you can actually hurt yourself. <laughs> you know, and you can hurt others, especially if it comes out your hand. Or if you don't actually know how to hit the ball properly, and people are walking towards you, slight to the right, which happened once with my brothers. And these guys were oblivious and the ball went over their head by about that much, going at 200 miles an hour. And see, this is what can happen. That's why he says, pursue love, God, and come to know me fully, which is a continuous journey, isn't it? And also, though, it's not wrong to earnestly desire what I have given for the building up of my house. So it's all for the purposes of God, not us. Um, and I just want to touch on what Sam said there and just join the dots between the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everything Jesus has accomplished, the testimony of what is written and spoken and being spoken, is the spirit in which one prophesies, which is Hebrews 4.3, before the foundations of the earth God's works were finished. So a testimony is testifying to everything that he has done, correct? So it's all done. So the spirit in one prophesies is the macro reality of what is finished and done, the testimony of Jesus. So the more you know what he has done because you have faith, you testify to it, and it's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. So it's the proclamation of the word of God, which is the unseen word that created creation. That heard by the hearer builds the created life, Christ, in the hearer. So it's the same when God said, all my works, the testimony has finished from the foundation of the earth. Hence, you need to hear the word that is prophesied, which is the entire scriptures are prophecy. Some have been fulfilled, Christ, and some are to be fulfilled in the church. So to know you have been promised a reality to sit with him on his throne is to be heard, revealed, known, seen, lived from. Nothing can touch this church, I'm telling you right now. And and when do you ever hear about prophecy being about receiving what he's done as opposed to telling you what you need to do? You see what I'm saying? Like, that for so long, prophecy has just been about this is what God has for you to do. But actually, it says if the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, it's about seeing and receiving a work that he did 2,000 years ago. And actually, the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. 
and being able to receive that in you, which then motivates and propels you to function and to to do for him, but it all comes from a completely different place. It comes from having received him and having him formed within you. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's very different, I think, you know. Which is faith. Okay? So you're going to live from faith in Jesus Christ. I no longer live for me but I live for the one who died and gave his life for me and I live now this life for him from my knowledge of what he has done, his testimony that has been completed before the foundations of the earth. Can you see why Paul's life was so powerful? Can you see why he said what I'm going through is momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that's been compared for me because he was a man of faith, a man of substance. Then he says, right, guys, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Not you're going all to be apostles. My process of how I go from Saul to Paul, how I go from being faithless to a man of faith, imitate that through the revelation of the Holy Spirit so you too are able to say this is all momentary light affliction according to the eternal weight of glory that is being prepared for us for the joy set before Christ he endured the cross for everything that's in front of us don't shrink back don't look behind move forward because you see it by faith and lay hold of what's in the promised land it's a powerful people And we just go forward. So we go from strength to strength to strength to strength. That's what faith is. Hence, prophesy in proportion to it. But ask the Holy Spirit to grow your faith. Meaning, so that's actually incorrect what I just said there. Hear the word, because the word brings faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the word that's being spoken. Don't ask the Holy Spirit to increase your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you hear the word of God because faith comes through hearing the word of God. Cool. All right, we're going to actually, there's a question going to come up behind us. It's just one question and it's there. Since we have, no, sorry, <laughs> what role does faith play in understanding this entire area of the gifts of the Spirit? That's what I want you to discuss. We want you to discuss in your groups. What role does faith play in understanding this entire area of the gifts of the Spirit? Cool.